Uh, Holmes and Watson. Okay. All right. Yep. This is happening. This is happening. Hello and welcome. My name is Jake Brown. This is Popcorn Optional. We are a movie review podcast. We talk about all things movies, whether it be news, reviews, kind of what's going on in the industry. And yeah, I'm by myself today. It's it's at the rare occasion. Generally, I have my two other co-hosts, Trevor Allison and Cameron Slonina, with me. But, you know, it was a busy week for everybody. Busy weekend. This past weekend was Mother's Day. And they both are parents and have amazing wives. And so, you know, they've got that going on. they got to hang out with their own moms. I mean, it's just, it's a busy weekend, especially when you have kids. Shout out to Brittany and Sarah out there. It's been awesome to see you guys become moms. Thanks for letting Cameron and Trevor do this stupid podcast with me. So happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. I also was crazy busy this past week. Okay. Well, we were going to originally reviewed Detective Pikachu this week, which I was actually really excited to see. However, since I was going to do a solo review, I didn't really want to do Detective Pikachu by myself. Maybe we'll get back to that later. But I do have another film I have to review by myself. Because this past Oscar season, we did a little winner selection competition with a consequence for the loser. You know, we'd pick who we thought would win each category, tally up all the correct selections, and the person who lost would have to watch the worst movie of 2018 determined by the Razzies. And the Razzies' worst picture winner was Holmes and Watson. And since I'm here by myself, and it's the episode title, I guess you can figure out who lost. Yeah, it was me. I voted with my heart head and eyeballs and i forgot that the academy votes by whoever schmoozes them the most <coughs> bohemian rhapsody <coughs> oh that movie's so bad the crazy thing is last year was an incredible year of filmmaking and we're gonna go with bohemian rhapsody and green book really really those are the films we're gonna pick not not annihilation not a quiet place not first man not a star is born okay anyways go go listen to our oscar review if you want to hear more about that i'm here to talk about holmes and watson unfortunately, for you and me. And it's going to be Colin Cowherd style. For those of you that don't know who Colin Cowherd is, since this is a movie review podcast, um, Colin Cowherd is a sports reporter who has a show on, I, is it ESPN? I think it's ESPN, where for like three hours, he mostly just talks to himself. Uh, he'll be like talking about, about sports, talking about basketball. Be like, I think James Harden is one of the greatest players of all time. And OKC gave him away. Does OKC regret it? Probably. Russell, like, there's these long silences and questions into the air. It's kind of a joke. Um, I won't be doing that. We're going we're gonna to keep this clean, simple, and quick. Because, you know what? I don't really want to talk about this movie that much. I really don't. Because it's so bad, guys. It's so bad. Let's just hop into it. Hopefully we can keep this quick. (sighs) All right. Holmes and Watson. Holmes and Watson is the next installment of the many, many films based on Sherlock Holmes and his buddy, 
Watson. And now I'm not going to flat out say that Holmes and Watson, this newest version by Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, produced by Adam McKay, uh, Best Picture nominee, Adam McKay. Uh, I'm not going to say that this film is so bad that it could bring the endless streak of Sherlock Holmes-inspired content to a halt. But if any film could possess that power, this is the one. It is so awful that you have to wonder what it was, other than the paychecks, that could have possessed the cast and crew to keep coming back each day when it would have been so obvious from the first first shot of the first day that this project was a waste of time and money. Can you imagine being a producer on this? Watching this get made and continuing to write checks to keep production rolling? Guess the budget on this movie. $42 million. $42 million was wasted on this film. Adam McKay was a producer the same year that Vice came out. How is that possible? How do you do Vice and do this? How, do you, how are you involved with the big short just a couple years ago? One of the best movies of the last 10 years, in my opinion, and you make this garbage. This played on 2,000 screens. Why would you make that decision? Why would you watch this and then put it on 2,000 screens? Ugh. The sad thing here, or I guess it's the good thing, it's only 90 minutes. And the script has to be shorter than that because most of the film is Will Ferrell and John C. Riley flopping around on screen with some really bad slapstick improv. So there's not a lot to talk about here. We'll just hit some of the beats of this film. And I, I was taking notes while I was watching it. I watched this at home. <laughs> home, Holmes, get it? Oh my God. Uh, I watched this at home by myself while my wife was out of town. You're welcome, honey, that you didn't have to watch this. And so I was taking notes while I was watching it. Uh, the most interesting thing about this film is that the Gary Sanchez production company logo has changed uh, from a gun to a whip. It used to be like a bang, bang gun is set on the table next to coffee. Now it's a whip sound, and then a whip is set next to coffee. So that that's probably the most interesting thing in this movie, and that's that's within like the first minute of this movie. So it's all downhill from there. The opening of the film fades up uh, from black and then fades into a quote from Hannah Montana. Yes, Hannah Montana. It then progresses through a few few little vignettes of Sherlock Holmes's childhood. We see a very long scene of childhood bullying. That child, uh, the child version of Sherlock Holmes, is then bullied into kissing a donkey's ass. And then those bullies steal his pet turtle and throw it off of a roof. That's his origin story. His origin story is he is too emotional as a child, and so they pick on him. And so he then lets go of all of his emotions and becomes a genius and starts solving the crimes of the school on the spot to get everybody expelled except for himself. So all of the teachers have to focus their attention on Sherlock Holmes. And that's how he becomes so smart. And then he meets Watson, who's like the janitor's son. And they become best friends. So that's, that's, that's the origin story of Sherlock Holmes. There it is. We, we figured it out. 
The next hour consists of the following uh, Trump hat jokes, terrible accents, terrible slapstick comedy. Uh, they very much are stealing stuff from the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock films, which are very underrated, by the way. Um, I guess this is technically like a parody of those films, but those came out like six years ago, so we're a little late on that, guys. Um, there's a puking joke for like five minutes. I timed it. Literally like them gagging and throwing up for five minutes. Keep in mind, this movie is only... 90 minutes long so like that's a that's a pretty big chunk of this film it's uh, okay um sherlock holmes supposedly one of the smartest men ever falls in love with a woman who was raised by feral cats and has the mental capacity of a six-year-old it's not even like funny it's just weird it it, it never makes sense it they go back and forth like Sherlock Holmes is the greatest mind of all time. And then they make him out to be just so silly, so unaware. Maybe that's part of it. I don't I don't know. They don't I don't know. I don't know. There's the scene. Okay, so there's a scene in the movie Ghost where the ghost of Patrick Swayze, I think it is. There's like a love scene while they're making pottery and he's a ghost that kind of happens while they do an autopsy of a dead body with John C. Riley and the actress that is unfortunately in this film. I don't remember her name. So that's, that's in this. Um, they do, they make fun of selfies with old style, like eight by 10 film cameras and they're doing like a duck face. haha. But then the camera falls um, and it kills the queen because they were doing duck face selfies with the queen. Turns out she's not dead. And then they spend like five minutes before they find out that she's not dead. Like, what are we going to do with the body? I don't know. Let's put her in this closet. Let's shove her in this trunk. Let, we should dismember her and, and scatter her across the country. Like, no one will find her. And then she wakes up. Uh, oh, surprise. She's alive. There's another another terrible musical bit in this. It is definitely not a a Catalina wine mixer, boats and hose moment. It is just weird. It's just not good. Um, an actual no shit Sherlock joke is made in this. I mean, it's just this whole film is just the lowest hanging fruit. The whole film. The worst part of this film is just. How how much wasted talent there is. There's some pretty great production design happening in this film. There's a lot of fantastic actors that make quick cameo appearances. Ralph Fiennes is in this as the bad guy. Like, dude, you're so much better than this. My heart goes out to the crew. I can't imagine having to work on something this painfully bad for at least like a month on set. Let alone all the prep work that was done by the department heads. The department heads probably wasted about six months to a year of their career on this garbage. I mean, what a waste. John C. Riley is so much better than this. I mean, we've come to expect this from Will Ferrell, but but not John C. Riley. I mean, he he's in these movies, but he's usually really good in them. I love Talladega Nights. Like, if I'm being honest, I love that movie. And this this gets to I guess the 
the other part of this is like, if I watch Talladega Nights now, would I laugh? I don't know. Like, have we outgrown this type of comedy from Will Ferrell? Or is it just like, this one is so bad? I don't know. It's interesting because like comedy itself in the industry is kind of changing and and this kind of gets to the wrapping up of my review. But you know, I'll end I'll end my my thoughts on the film specifically with a reminder that this cost forty two million dollars. <laughs> it played on two thousand screens. Um it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I didn't laugh or smile once. And this is a comedy. Somebody got fired for this. If they didn't get fired, they should have. But anyways, the future of comedy and kind of like where we've been with comedy is it's inter- it's interesting. As recently as like 5 years ago, we were getting at least a few comedy hits a year. I mean, we had like The Heat, 22 Jump Street, Neighbors. I mean, like every year there was at least a couple comedies that came out were pretty funny and made pretty good money. But lately those those amount of films have been dwindling. Like if you look at 2018, the biggest like straight up comedy of the year was Night School, which made around a hundred million dollars. That's pretty good considering it was only a thirty million dollar budget, but it's less than half of what films like The Heat or Neighbors did. And you have to remember that Night School centers on like, well, I don't know if he's still consistently popular, but it has it has Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish in it, and and those are like pretty bankable stars. Granted, that movie looked terrible, um, so maybe that's why people didn't go see it, uh, because I think we have so much high-quality content around us all the time. People aren't wasting their time with crappy movies like these anymore, but the straight-up comedy kind of seems to be dwindling. Um, the last Since the last major like Farrell and McKay combo, the designated blockbuster movie has gotten more expensive, more profitable... And just bigger in general. Like, audiences still go to the movies to laugh, but they're they're laughing in blockbusters. Big budget superhero movies. Like, Marvel movies are funny. And other studios have noticed that. We're starting to see some genre blending in big, big budget films, which I think is great. I'm really excited about that. I, I love when genres cross over, and, and it's done smart. And it's done in a really smart way. Um, and true to the character... Like, Tony Stark is funny in the Marvel films because that is true to his character. Steve Rogers, on the other hand, generally isn't that funny, but, like, since that's a part of his character, there are funny ways to play with that, you know? Basically, there's good writing in those movies, and good writing can be serious and funny. I definitely think there's still a place for the straight-up comedy, though. But with our attention getting pulled in so many different directions and the amount of great content out right now, it has to offer more than just a couple laughs in 90 minutes. Ignore this movie and go watch Game Night or The Big Sick. Those are actually good movies that are also hilarious. So I hated this movie, and I would say most people hated this movie. It's currently sitting at about a 9% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think about like a 15% from the audiences. That's really bad. <laughs> But you know what? Not everybody hated this movie. So I'm going to leave you with a few five-star reviews. Yes, five-star reviews from Amazon for Holmes and Watson. Just to make you really proud of where our world is in the future. 
of America. Okay, so this lovely review, five stars, remember? It's not Step Brothers or Talladega Nights or Anchorman, but it's not meant to be the same type of movie either. To me, it seemed to be a satire of the previous Sherlock Holmes movies, but also a satire of modern pop culture. It's possible that some people didn't understand certain jokes because they were a little bit more sophisticated or academic instead of the easily understood comedy humor that fans have become accustomed to in Will Ferrell's previous films. I enjoyed this movie, and I would recommend it. Whoever wrote this, they might have a good point. The comedy might have just been a little too sophisticated for me. Might have been over my head. Okay. All right. Next review, five stars. The best movie released thus far in the 21st century. You cannot name a performance more worthy of an award. Mr. John C. Riley is on fire! Yeah, he is on fire, and uh, I would say it's it's his career burning after this film. Um, now, I we love John C. Riley. I love John C. Riley. I think John C. Riley is an incredible actor. Uh, but in this movie, he is not. All right, another five star review coming at you. Oh, Watson, don't believe what you have read or heard. Oscar caliber acting and directing. Grab your significant other or others and have a great time laughing and crying yourself silly. Silly! Riley and Farrell creating movie magic and history again. <sighs> My God, it is. Okay, all right. Another five-star review. Here we go. Shake and bake. Love watching these guys together. They always manage to do new comedy fresh. Loved the love interests, too. I've had a nerd crush on that Lauren Lapkus since I first saw her. Rawr. I love the bad reviews because it's obvious, quote, critics don't get what Riley and Farrell are all about. I mean, retards. That person wrote that? I'm not saying it. It's Will and John, you morons. They and the supporting cast gave me almost exactly what I wanted. And a lot, even though I really am getting my Conan Doyle on both in film and audiobooks, it was still a fun movie. Aside from the Trump references, which I actually did also enjoy, he's the only president I voted for since Bush 1.0 that hasn't won was Ross Perot, which makes me super dumb politically. What? That doesn't... Okay. So if you watch this because it's your first experience with these two awesome comedians and don't like it because it's not what you wanted to see, you're a moron. No, wait. Actually, he wrote, you're a maroon. <laughs> It was good to see the pair back together. I also love seeing Kelly McDonald and the other Scott Britt actors and the shout out to Zane. What? These dudes just make fun movies. The bad reviews. A HS without humor? A hiss without humor? Oh. Oh. He's. Okay. Abbreviation for A holes without humor. There you go. Good job, buddy. Wow, that was amazing. That was amazing. Okay. So yeah, that's Holmes and Watson. I clearly did not think it was a five-star caliber movie. I wouldn't even give it one star. I would give this just a straight-up F poop emoji garbage. Why waste your time? That's my review. My content of the week is to go watch Game Night. I've already recommended it, but after seeing something like this, it just reminds me of how fantastically well done that film is. If you want to watch a good comedy, go watch Game Night. It is 
way more worth your time than something like this. I apologize for the short episode. You know, it's, it's hard by yourself to talk about stuff for a really long time. So I guess, Colin Coward, you have my respect. I don't know how you do it. You might be insane because this is tough. If you've enjoyed listening to this, I'm surprised. Uh, go listen to our other episodes. We're on iTunes, uh, Popcorn Optional. We also have a website, popcornoptional.com. We're Popcorn Optional on basically all of the social media. Check it out. You can follow me, Jake Brown, at jakebrown.tv. That is my website and my Instagram. You can also follow Trevor or Cameron. Trevor is Turbo Trevor, and Cameron is 321 Time on the social medias. Thanks so much for listening. Please like and subscribe if you enjoyed it. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye.